0: Welcome to Electropreneur Secrets, the electrician's podcast. I'm Clay Newmeyer, your host, and with me, as always, my partner and esteemed co-host, Joseph, the sales bot, Lucani. Today, we've got a great episode where we're going to continue our mission to help you master sales, simplify pricing, and deliver premium-level service. Joseph, today we're talking about something super important. Mm-hmm. We're talking about not using this for evil. What the hell does that mean, even?
1: Oh, man, this is a heavy topic because (laughs) the thing is, there is such a stigma against salespeople, right? It is pretty, pretty much almost pervasive in our industry to where people say, you can't trust sales guys. I remember when I first started off in new construction, the boss literally pointed and said, don't trust the suits. You don't trust those guys. They're not looking out for you. And that's been bled into the entire industry. So the thing about this is we all know we don't want to be that guy, right? But it would be lying if we said that this process that we do wasn't so effective and so efficient at converting calls from zeros to wins that there is the potential that it could be used for the wrong purposes.
0: So much so that we qualify on that.
1: Yeah, literally. literally.
0: Certain questions built in qualifiers when we're on calls with people. Right? Mm-hmm. We usually do a discovery and then a strategy call before anyone's ever in the program. Unless mm-hmm. we're ultra sure, sometimes there's an offer on the first call when the situation is right. I'm talking 1% of the time. Doesn't happen mm-hmm. very often.
1: Slip through the cracks, but not often.
0: Yeah, but there's literally specific questions when we're talking around goals. We're literally gauging what people want this training for, mm-hmm. their purposes, what they intend to do with their business, because that stuff matters. And it Mm -hmm. is, as we've said many times before, no matter where you live, west of the Mississippi, southern Texas, right Mm -hmm. east to west, the whole country, the whole really Canada too, right internationally, this Mm -hmm. stuff is built on thousands of years of psychology and research on the human mind. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to serve people at the highest level. And that research and discovery helps us do that. Mm -hmm. But lending to what you're saying, it could also be.
1: Manipulative. It could be, and that's the that's the sad part about it all. Because I built this from my heart, right? And my intention was always to say, "How can I serve the client at the highest level?" Because I wasn't I wasn't searching for money like that wasn't my. I built this to survive. This was the way for me to say I can communicate my service when I wasn't able to in any other way. But the problem is, is that we've broken it down to such a minute way from whether you're holding your hands to what kind of eye contact to make, to where to position yourself, to what chair you should open for the customer. I'm certain that if the wrong person got their hands on this, they would look at it and say, this is a way to make money. And this isn't a way to make money. This is a way to serve your clients at the highest level and be financially compensated for that service not to use these skills to take. It's what can you use to give? Yeah,
0: I love that. And would you say overall that in your experience in using this process, developing it from scratch, that clients were being really getting um, more quality of life and and happier, more contentment from it, more
1: satisfaction
0: Mm -hmm. or less over time?
1: I would say drastically more because the thing is, is that they might've called like, we're not going to lie. They might have called for the ceiling fan to go up. Like, I get that. I saw it on the box on the floor. But at the same time, when I took down the enclosure and I saw the cover plate and I realized that the enclosure was just a wire sticking through the ceiling with a couple of sheetrock anchors. You know what? That's probably something that's worth at least telling them about, right? I agree. They're probably getting happier. Like, they may have thought, yeah, I could have called someone in for $180 to change it out. But would I really serve the client by doing that? Instead, when they invest in doing the whole home rewire, which believe it or not has actually happened from a ceiling fan quote, the fact is is that when these things happen, they're doing it because they chose to to better their lives, not because I forced them to do something that was in their out of their best interest.
0: I love that, and you know what it brings into question the the ethical standards mm-hmm. really around even financing. And what mm-hmm. should people do? And I continue to take uh, the similar stance that, that we take is is really that financing is ethical so long as we're providing people the solutions that they're attracted to, the ones that they want and make a decision on the betterment of their, again, quality of life. Would you agree with that? And what, what do you have to say to oh, this ethical okay. boundary of forcing people into buying things they never wanted in the first place?
1: Oh, I heard a quote. And I don't know where I heard it from, but it was along the lines of only a rich man can afford to do a job wrong because the fact is, is that they'd have to do it twice. There are a lot of times you're going to go to a call where the customer wasn't expecting to find the problem that they found. They said, I have a bad breaker. They didn't realize it was a Zinsco. They say that, you know what, my upstairs sconce in my bathroom is flickering but they didn't realize there's a rot hole in their meter outside. And you can tell them we can stop the symptom or we could treat the problem. And sometimes treating the problem costs more. But if we didn't offer them the financing, we're doing them a disservice of saying, you know what, either you do it the wrong way, which you can afford at this current moment, or they're gonna have to stretch themselves financially to do the job the right way the first time. If we can get them to finance the job, they can not only have the peace of mind of doing it the right way, but they can do so in a way that doesn't completely gut their bank account.
0: 100%. And actually, it reminds me earlier on on the inside track here with one of our clients, we were discussing something very similar where he met an objection in a situation where they didn't have the money saved for the additional things, although I believe they identified that they would like that, but we don't have the money saved and we really are against financing. We don't want payments. We're trying to minimize mm-hmm. debt. And, yep. and you had a very great um, answer to this, uh, a suggestion mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Would you share that with us on this show? happy to.
1: So the thing is, is that there's a couple ways you can handle it. The first is calling to question of whether they even thought that financing was an option. So the first is, I'm sorry. Is there anything that I've done? Have I given you the impression you had to pay for this today? I love that and, question. Or, yeah, because the thing is, is that it at least creates the thought of, well, is there another way? People be like, well, you know, that's definitely an eight. Well, what if I were to tell you that for all of our customers, we offer a zero percent, no interest plan to where you can get the work you need done now and then budget it so that you can make sure that's within your means? If I said I was able to do that, well, what would happen then? We'd have to consider it.
0: Right. Most often, uh, unless they're really... And I know you're looking for
1: a better commitment than that, but I saw that when I'm here, consider it my first thing I'm rearing up my objection handling sleeves are up course,
0: And I want to go there, but in their minds, that's what they're thinking. And at this point, I just want to highlight that th- that was a disarming moment because mm-hmm. what we're actually doing is shifting a belief. And that's not mm-hmm. necessarily an easy moment because them going with you now, they have to recognize and really retract from what they said before mm-hmm. and have that belief shift. and. and represent, re-represent themselves in a different light. So it's a difficult moment, but
1: it's a powerful one. There's something else in there that I want to add to, if that's okay. Absolutely. Hit it. The customer also said, we don't like to pay for things that we don't currently have the money for. And you know what? As someone who's very physically responsible, I can understand that. And I wouldn't argue it. But coming from that mentality, You can actually argue it in a way that makes more sense than their objection, which is, okay, so you're going to save for this, right? You're budgeting for it, which means that you're setting aside money every month to do this project. What would happen if the number that I was going to give you per month was less than what you were going to set aside and save? Technically, they would be making money.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Because the thing is, is if they were going to set aside $250, but it only costs $200, then technically they're netting $50 a month.
0: Yeah. And they're clearly part of the 5% that's actually, you know, right down to the T budgeting for things. Mm -hmm. So
1: they they should know that, right? They should recognize that moment. Exactly. So I feel like that's always a good way. Because then when you find out that someone says they're saving, like, well, great. This is exactly how you can do so, where you can not only save, but get the work you need done in a timeframe that's in your, uh, in your control. Sorry about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so
0: again, how would they go about that then? And how could you actually create that sort of win for them? If you don't mind sharing with, with the group, unless I missed it and you already said
1: it and I dozed off. <laughs> it's all good. I can go through it. So creating that win could look like this. You can say to the customer, let's say they're not planning on saving every month. And they're like, you know what? We just know that we, we need some time to pay for this. Well, a lot of times people say, we'll wait for our tax refund to come back, right? They always use that at the end of, oh, well, when April comes, we'll have the money. Or I get my Christmas bonus or I get whatever it is. There's always a set time of the year that they know they're getting influx of money. So what you can tell them is, well, that's exactly why we design this. What we do is we offer 0% for 18 months the benefit to you is this. The work you want it done is done right today. And you don't have any obligation to pay for it for the next 18 months. Meaning that we get the work done today, but then in April, when you get your tax refund, you can apply it towards the balance. Or when you get a Christmas bonus, it applies towards the balance. And because it's 18 months, it actually can carry through to the following year as well. Meaning that you have two Christmas bonuses or two you know, actual uh, check refunds to come back or tax refunds to come back. And then the last remaining balance, if you were to budget for it, even if you put $50 in a month, you'd still only have a very small nominal fee to pay at the end. Okay. Could you blame me for wanting to get you the service you need now?
0: No, not at all. And that's the thing, right? There's nothing to be mad about there, but Mm -hmm. very well laid out plan. So that can be done. Now back to our topic, if we could circle back to
1: this, is that ethical? I believe it's ethical under one condition. Do you truly believe that you are doing a service that is valuable enough that they could get it from you and not from someone else? What I mean by that is this. I have no opposition to charging a large amount of money. But the reason why is because I know for a fact that I'm going to really pour my heart and soul into every job I do. And I don't trust my competition to do the same. I know I'm not going to cut corners on the quality. I've been doing this since I was 14. I know what the hell I'm doing. And then when it comes down to the material, we're not going to shortchange it. It's not coming from Home Depot. We're making sure everything's custom designed and organized. Providing service plans, follow-up, financing. Could my competitor do that to the level that I was going to do it with the same quality and assurances and guarantees and warranties for less money? And the odds are, and what I've actually tested because I've done secret shoppers, it's almost always a resounding, no, it can't be done. So I'm not more just because I'm trying to be more. I'm more because I'm providing. And by giving them a way of affording that better is more ethical than forcing them to buy something worse and then have to buy it repeatedly again in the future when it doesn't last.
0: Love it. Love it. So if you believe in yourself to that level, we mentioned this on a prior podcast, you have to have that confidence, right? Just like the follow-up. When you believe in yourself wholly and you know you're not using it for evil and you are just justifying their wants, needs, desires in the lens of educating them on stuff in a way that's simple enough that they understand what they're saying yes to. hmm It's kind of got to be that whole package, doesn't it? To truly know that you're not using this for the wrong
1: reasons. It's really the best analogy I ever heard was the concept of comparing this program to a handgun. You could take the training and do it the wrong way and go to a convenience store and hold it up, right? You could do things the wrong way for the wrong purposes, or you could use it to protect, defend, and serve. And really, at the end of the day, it's the person holding the tool behind it that determines whether the tool is going to be used for good or evil. And the best we can do is try to qualify it. That's all we can do. I know this program was designed to serve at the highest level, and I will continue to teach it to serve at the highest level. But it's up to you, the people who are receiving it, to determine how it gets used.
0: Yeah, I love that. And something I've said on other podcasts, in fact, on on a recent interview on Waste No Day, we talked a bit about this. I feel like, back to the salesy word, it's salesy to just go and replace what they asked for and not educate them or help them with anything else. In an episode that we've got coming up talking about panel labeling, reconditioning and verifying those circuits, many electricians are rushing in and rushing out Just Mm -hmm. trying to get paid quick and move on to the next customer. That again, is a situation where I don't feel right about that. See, I believe that we owe them showing up as a master electrician and truly inspecting, understanding that electrical system and taking ownership of it while we're there and while they're in our sphere of influence now if you also subscribe to sustainable business practices then it only makes sense to also keep them in your sphere of influence for as long as possible and increase that lifetime customer value which just means serving at a higher level for longer doesn't it
1: it really does as long as we're serving at the best level that we can into the most intentional ways that we can we'll always come up more successfully than we've just winged it
0: incredibly powerful so in my mind it's not the sales part where the ethics should be discussed. It's almost back at the training. Mm-hmm. When you become a master electrician and you're going to serve people, there should almost be more ethical conversations right then and there. Understanding mm-hmm. that, hey, you're the person who can allegedly understand, interpret this electric, uh, electric system and compare it to the minimum standards that are the NEC or the CEC or wherever you're listening from, your electrical code. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that?
1: I would. And you know, even more so, speaking of like, I like to take things into the abstract a little bit. And you touched on something I felt was brilliant, where the ethics should be discussed in the training of it instead of just what it is itself. And the concept that comes up to mind was, I first thought pit bulls, dogs, right? Some of them are the most beautiful, most kind breeds you can ever imagine. But when trained to do bad things, the result is bad things. So the intentionality behind, I am going to teach you this to serve, to protect, to guide, to nurture, to communicate your service at the highest level. That's why it's being communicated. Don't use it for evil. Use it for the right reason. You'll always end up better.
0: Yeah, I love that. Get the metaphor too. We've got a pit bull named Jade. She's three and absolutely the biggest lap dog smoocher that you've ever Mm -hmm. met like it just uh incredible incredible breed yet i've seen where things go wrong Mm -hmm. that said as we're wrapping this up you have any action items in mind for these guys to to help elevate their game i've got i've got something if you're not quite ready i've got i've
1: got something off top of my mind is the first thing at the bare minimum action right your bare minimum action i would say is to almost write on the top of your board, something that you see on a regular date, why am I doing this? The why is a very important statement because if you don't understand the goal you're trying to achieve, you won't know what path in order to take. So the first thing is, why am I trying to get better at sales? Am I only trying to raise my revenue or am I trying to enhance the relationships that I'm coming into contact with? I feel like that would be a very good bare minimum action is just understanding what I'm trying to do and why I'm trying to do it. Yeah, I love that. It
0: it actually, this reminds me of going back to another episode and it's going to lead me to the all-star action here. Mm -hmm. Another episode we did was uh, Millionaire Electricians Measured and Managed, one of the Mm -hmm. most important things we can do. So one of the realities of being an electrician, being out there, not having your sales process dialed yet, you know, kind of shooting from the hip sometimes leading with hard, all that rejection, everything hard that comes into that is Mm. the inconsistency and often not knowing what to do for options, which is something that people lean Mm. on us a ton for, by the way, if you want options help or objection help, you found your fellas. Okay. Mm. So in making those options, quite often what we see electricians do is get stuck in tech brain, and not know how to bridge over to the strategic empathy brain where we're just listening and asking great questions and getting the what, why, why, how, when, and where's from these clients so that we can then guide them to real electrical quality of life improvements. And so here's what I wanna suggest here as an all-star action. It's actually quite simple. If you identify as someone who's at that stage in your business, And this isn't always clear. It's not always intuitive. When you're at their house, what else to offer? How Mm -hmm. else can I help these people? If we're stuck in like, well, I could offer aluminum, copper, or an upgraded ceiling fan, or, or, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like terrible example there. But if we're stuck in that tech brain, then one of the best things you can do is reflect afterwards. So take some notes and do a post call self diagnostic because Mm -hmm. after the pressure's off, there's no more nerves or pressure about what i should have offered mm-hmm. it's over now you get to reflect and i think one of the biggest mistakes we make is not reflecting at all in those times and so our brains never push the envelope to what could have been done there we never go the step further and record it and have that data It so will always only be as good as we were on that performance if That's you will measure right it there if you will manage it if you will implement that know your why know that you're growing this to help people the revenue will follow so just know that you need to improve and the best way to improve take those post notes get those options get those objections out work through them get some help with them if you need and keep working man keep working towards it anything you want to add to that or is that gold? Mind blown. My brain is
1: all over the side of the wall at this point. That was awesome. Awesome,
0: Awesome. okay, we can keep going, but we're getting long in this one, guys. As always, we're here five days a week to help you master sales, simplify pricing, and deliver premium level service. If you're improving from this today, if you had a win from one of our other episodes, if you just want to engage with us, jump on in on the Facebook group, Electropreneur Secrets, The Electrician's Podcast is a good way to find us on all the apps. And let us know, let us know how you're improving what your goals are to improve or how we've helped you improve already. As always, I'm Clay Newmeyer and this is my host, Joseph Lucani. Cheers to your success. We'll see you again next time. Wishing you the best. Take care.